0: Good morning. It's Good Baptist Church. On behalf of all of us here, we want to welcome each and every one of you. Would you be so kind if you'd stand with us? We're going to begin worshiping, uh, singing this song, "Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine." Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Media team, "Blessed Assurance, Blessed Assurance, Blessed Assurance." Hold on, real quick. I don't think they got the words just yet. "Blessed Assurance." There we go. Okay.
1: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
0: Christ to fill us and complete us in so many ways, but the reality is that none of the things that this world earthly has to offer will ever complete us, will ever fulfill us. It is only in Jesus Christ that we are completely filled, and so therefore this song says, Complete in Thee. It's a wonderful message. Let's sing it together. Complete in Thee.
1: Completed
0: Let them know that you're glad to see them here this morning at Bethany Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here this morning. So glad that you're a part of this service today. so glad that you are here. If um, you see me behaving extra well today, my in-laws are visiting us here today because my uh, I second-born son, Jakey, is going to be getting baptized today, so no, we want to welcome each and every one of you, so many friends, family, it's good to have everybody here this morning, and we are excited as a church, we had uh, three people get baptized, I believe, in the first service, and I know we have five getting baptized today, we are thankful that God continues to save and rescue through the power of the gospel, and as a church, that is what we we are here for, we're here to see the work of the gospel continue on, and so we're thankful for that, I think after, at the end of the service today will be the baptisms, but we are so glad about that. Tonight, we want to remind you that there is a business meeting for all the members of the church. There will not be the normal uh, small groups, connections. How about youth? Will there be youth? I didn't double check that no youth tonight so everything will be unified we'll have a a small service followed by uh the business meeting so we invite all the members to come back and if you want to just come and you're not a member and be a part of the service you're welcome to do that but then we'll finish uh the time there as a business meeting so we're thankful to be able to see what god has done the plans god has laid on pastor's heart to see the future and what god is gonna do and so we're excited about all that's taking place and if you want to get to know about that it's important to be at the business meeting today at five o'clock also next saturday is, our, is the ladies' meeting for the Spanish, but we, um, um, my wife, Ms. Blandy will be uh, teaching that class. So if you'd like to be part of it, the invitation is extended to that. And so uh, that'll be at 9.30 on that Saturday morning love for y'all. It's always a great time to be connected and so uh, that will be taking place. That is the Spanish Ladies' Meeting, but it is also a chance uh, since Miss Blander will be uh, teaching that day. Well, we are so thankful for what God has done and is doing as a church and uh, we are thankful for uh, the tithes and offerings that allow us to continue the work both here locally, our missions program, and all that God is doing. And so we are thankful for the givers in this church. So we're going to pray for a blessing upon the offering this morning. And then we're going to st- uh, sing the song that uh, uh, we have uh, begun to learn and I think it'll be the second Sunday that we're singing it. Oh, the deep, deep love. So after the offering, after the uh, prayer, during the offering, we'll be singing that. During this uh, second service, we don't pass the offering plates. Those are in the back. And if you'd like to go back there to give your offering, you can just get out of your seat and go and do that in the back. Uh, if you'd like to give online, I know the uh, all the information there is uh, is on the on the, 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 the announcement up there. Sorry, lost my train of Let's pray and ask for God's blessing on the offering. Let's pray, Father. We love you. Thank you for your grace. Your forgiveness your goodness towards us lord your word says that it is by your mercies that we are not consumed it is because they are new every morning that lord every day your grace is upon us so father we are thankful for that thank for a church that proclaims the good news we see the end result in lives that have been saved people that are being baptized father we thank you for the goodness upon us your grace the work of your spirit we even pray upon this service now that you would bless the joyful giver, that you would bless those that are able to give this morning, that you would provide for those that have a desire to but just can't. Pray, Lord, that you would just continue to expound upon the need. Lord, you know that every single month, every single week here at church, there's a need in order to be able to continue to do the work. And I pray that you would provide above and beyond and that we would see your hand even in that. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Be with the rest of the service. who place it in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hold the deep, deep love.
1: Jesus, vast and measured, boundless, free.
0: German message this morning. Man of sorrows reminds us of the great price that was paid for that salvation. The great price when that deep, deep love was demonstrated was when he came. was willing to die on our cross for us. And so let's sing this song, Man of Sorrows.
1: of sorrows, Lamb of God, by His own betrayed the sin. Reconciled the very ones who nailed him to that tree, see the storm. That my Jesus spilled Now the curse of sin Has no hold on me Whom the sun sets free Oh, is free indeed now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has a hold on me, whom the sun sets free, Oh, is free. Soul cries out, Hallelujah! Praise and honor to thee. Praise and
0: honor to thee. Let's give a round of applause to the worship team, brother Thank you so much,
2: Amen. You may be seated. Oh man, I don't know how many are like me, but sometimes I wish we could just keep going with the worship. One of these Sundays we're going to do that. One of these Sundays I'm going to surprise you and go, guys, I don't got a message. Let's just keep singing and uh, and we're going to do that because there's just, there's something about the singing time is, uh, it's just, it's awesome to worship that way. And uh, aren't you glad that we served, uh, serve a God of music and uh, music's just awesome. It does something that really nothing else can do. I don't, I don't, I don't know how we can describe it. I don't know really how, uh, how that is or why that is. I just know it is. Uh, music has that power, and, uh, and I, love, I love the time of, of music and our services. Galatians chapter number 4, if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter number 4 and uh, while you're turning there, if you've not uh, received the notes uh, this morning for the message, you can just raise your hand and uh, Brother uh, Chevy will uh, get those to you. And uh, so just keep your hand raised. That way he'll see it and get them to you. And uh, and that way together we can be studying uh, this passage and writing down whatever uh, the Holy Spirit brings to our mind. Uh, that way we remember it. They say that you remember twice as much uh, when you write it down than when you don't. So... Uh, We want to remember as much of God's words as we can, and that's why we have the notes. We write it down, and then uh, it helps us to apply uh, the truth of God's word into our lives. Galatians chapter number four, we've been studying this book over the last few weeks, studying about the message of this letter to the churches in Galatia, how it focuses on the gospel. And uh, in chapters one, two, and three, we see how Paul is really expounding on what the gospel is and what the gospel does. And in chapter 1, he reminds the people of Galatia that it was the gospel and God that sent him out uh, to reach others with that message. It was the gospel that changed his life and transformed him. And the God of that message called him. And we learned that in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Uh, he talks about how that gospel affected every area. And he, he talks even about how important the gospel is to be living it out as as much as possible because when we don't live by the gospel and through the gospel, uh, then there's a disconnect. And uh, and so that's why it's so important understanding clearly what that gospel message is and does. And then uh, in chapter three, uh, we learned more as he was talking about the promise of Abraham is the gospel message. It's what uh, Abraham put his faith in and what we put our faith in as well. By the end of chapter 3, we learn about these identifying markers of the gospel, how it transforms everything about us, our experiences, our legal standing before God. It changes our identity. And by the time you get to chapter 4, in verse 1 through 7, it made us heirs of God, right? Those that are to inherit uh, what the, the promises and blessings of God, and so uh, we find that at the beginning of chapter four it kind of ties in chapter three by reminding us of that. Then last week we we learned how Paul gave a compassionate plea or a passionate plea to get the Christians at Galatia to understand that that the gospel uh, is 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 more than just a message; it's something that's to be uh, applied. It's something that uh, is very distinct and different from being under the law. And of course, the Judaizers have been trying to teach the, uh, the church in Galatia that you got to go back to the law. You've got to live under the law. And, and Paul is just reminding them, listen, we, we've been made free from the law. And uh, with the gospel now, we can live a different kind of life, a life outside of bondage. And, uh, and so we learned about the passionate plea that he makes to them of rejoicing and, uh, and, and uh, the, the passionate plea of remembering, uh, starting there in verse number 8. And, and uh, you can, you can uh, go back and read and, and maybe remember some of that passionate plea that Paul makes to them. When you get to verse number 17 in our passage this morning, we're going to be looking at verse 17 down to verse number 20. We find that Paul now gives... A Christ-like pursuit. Now, life is full of pursuits. I don't know if you've found this yet in your life, but live long enough and you'll find that life is full of pursuits. There are some in this life that what they'll pursue is money. And wherever there's money or opportunity for money, that's where they're going to be and that's what they're going to live for. Others have the pursuit to live and look for power. And whatever they feel can give them more power, they're going to do whatever it takes to get that. And they pursue that kind of power over anything else in life. Some pursue experience uh, experiences and others pursue love. Some pursue possessions. Some pursue education. Uh, there, there's all kinds of pursuits in life. And just as true as that is, with pursuits in life, there is a pursuit in the Christian life that we ought to be pursuing. There's something that we are driving for and driving to. And what we pursue is different from what the world pursues. We pursue something far greater. And it's an interesting thing about pursuits. The interesting thing about pursuits is that when we're gone from this world, it'll define what our life was all about. The pursuit that you have in your life when you're no longer here 300 years from now will define your life. What were you pursuing? There's a man by the name of Eli Black, and you may have heard of him, and maybe many of us have not heard of him, but he was a brilliant businessman, and in his life, he's really known for two major things. Number one, He was the mastermind uh, that brought together uh, the multi million dollar takeover of the United Fruit conglomerate. He was the one that got that together and got that deal done. He's also known for jumping off a building in New York City, the Pan Am Building, and taking his own life. The pursuit that he had in life didn't end great for him. But I say once again we all have pursuits. That's why it's so important, having the right pursuit. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is going to talk a little bit about that. He's going to remind the Galatians, listen, what you're pursuing isn't the right thing in the Christian life. When you try to get back under the law, what you're doing is you're pursuing the wrong thing. What you ought to be pursuing is Christ. Now now notice what he says in verse number 17. Galatians 4 verse 17. They zealously, and he's talking about the Judaizers, he said, they zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice for I stand in doubt of you. What is the Apostle Paul teaching in this passage to the church of Galatia, he's teaching them about pursuits in the Christian life. He's pleaded with them to see what the gospel gives, the freedom of the gospel. That going back to a religious style of life and a religious system isn't going to end well. And, and now in verse 17, he starts pointing them to the right kind of pursuit in their life. So as we study this passage, I want you to notice the contrast that he gives, the contrast of pursuits in life. He says, number one, a selfish pursuit. He describes for them a selfish pursuit in verse number 17. You see, the false teachers that had come to the churches of Galatia were seeking to influence these Christians and get them to pursue the law in their life, to pursue religiousness in their life. They wanted them to pursue just the law and good works, a system that was broken, a system that hadn't worked, but yet they wanted them to go back to that. And you can see that this is a selfish pursuit from what Paul shares with them. You see, a selfish pursuit can be defined as wanting to influence with dishonest intent. And when you look at verse number 17, he says, uh, verse, uh, yeah, 17, he says this, they zealously affect you. Now, Paul understood exactly what the Judaizers were after. After all, he had been one before. He came out of Judaism into Christianity And so he knew exactly, hey, this is what they're teaching you. Church at Galatia, this is what they're telling you to pursue. I know exactly what they're after because that's what I used to do. That's what I used to be in. But he's saying what they're doing is they're taking you out of a life of freedom that is found in the gospel and trying to get you into a life of bondage that is found in the law. He uses a word here when he says that. And it's the word in English, it's translated as two words, zealously affect. The Greek word there is the Greek word "Zilio-o," which means to court. All right. In other words, they were courting the Galatians. They were, they were flirting with the Galatians. They were trying to influence the Galatians, but they were trying to influence them for something that wasn't good for them. And that is to live a life of religiousness. To live a life of these certain rules and regulations. And if you can do that, then God will be happy with you. But if you don't, good luck. If you don't, the wrath of God is going to be in your life, all your life. And Paul says, listen, they, they, they zealously want to do this. They, they, they're just trying to, to get you to follow them. They're, they're courting you in this manner. And when he says not well, the the word there in Greek is the word uh, kalos or kalos. Uh, And and the word kalos means uh, honesty. So he says they're doing it not honestly. They're doing it selfishly. Now, what Paul is saying is that in their dishonesty of what they're courting you to do, it's really for themselves. They don't have what's best for you at heart. To get you back into bondage actually benefits them. So, yeah, they're, they're getting you pumped up and they're, they're zealously affecting you and they're saying, man, look at this new, this new stuff that's in the Bible that, that Paul's not teaching you. Let me teach you what, what God really says. And they're moving you away from the message of the gospel from filtering everything through the gospel, and they're saying, look, look, what Paul's not telling you is that if you do these things, you'll be happier. And Paul says, that's, that's just not the case. They're courting you with some selfish interests. They're telling you this because it benefits them. Now, let me tell you that today it's no different. There are those that are stuck in a religious system trying to earn God's favor, and they look to have others pursue the same things so that they might have control over them. You'll find this in any false religion that happens. But can I say, even for those of us that have uh, known the gospel and the grace of God, we can fall into that very same thing. The Galatians here, they were Christian people. They had put their faith in God and the religious leaders of the the Judaizers, they weren't Christian. They were trying to get God's favor and forgiveness by fulfilling the law and it sounded so good to the church of Galatia that they started giving them ears and started kind of following them. It It sounded like maybe that makes sense. Suddenly they're saying, you know what? Paul didn't even tell us that. I don't remember Paul preaching about that. And Man, it seems like what they're telling us it, it, it could be true. And at the end of the day, all they wanted was control. All they wanted was to court them so that they could control them. Paul says, they do affect you zealously, but not well. Not for the right thing. And then notice that a selfish pursuit is not only to influence with a dishonest intent, another, in other words, not having the best at heart for that person, but also for self-glorification and praise. So that's why he ends verse 17. They affect you, but not well. They don't have good intentions. They're not trying to help you. They're not looking for your betterment. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. In other words, they, they alienate you. When you were Gentiles and you didn't, you didn't want anything to do uh, with anything that had to do with Scripture, they didn't even care for you. They didn't want anything to do with you. You were Gentiles. We don't talk to Gentiles. We don't mix with Gentiles. We don't eat with Gentiles. But he says, but now, suddenly they have a great interest in you. Now they hear you talk about this Christianity. And since some of this Christianity has to do with a Jewish rabbi that was known as Jesus and you know, I remember, I remember hearing about Jesus and, and I, I think he was in Jerusalem and I think he was in Capernaum and, and these Judaizers are like, oh yeah, 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 he, he did teach some good things but he didn't teach you, teach you everything. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna complete the teaching here. And Paul is saying, first of all, their intent is not good. Secondly, the only reason they're interested in you now it's because you can bring them glory. It's for their own praise. It's so that they can say, look at our disciples. Look how many we have. Look what we have done. And by the way, religiousness always has us as the focus. When we begin to live a religious kind of life, we want everybody to know about our good works because that's how religion works. That's how it functions. Right? So, hey, do you know how many classes I teach? Hey, do you know how many chapters I've got memorized? Hey, um, do, do you know what I am and what I do at church? Do you know? Do you? It all becomes so self-centered. And now we, we get to a point where, hey, they didn't recognize me about what I do. Because it's all about me. Religion always does that. It always does that. It makes us the focus. And Paul says, you know what they're teaching you? They're teaching you to pursue something that is so selfish that number one, it doesn't benefit you, and number two, it's all about them anyway. And he says, if you're not careful, that'll be you one day. Now, I love what he says in verse number 18. In verse number 18, he says this. He says, but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. In other words, you ought to get excited about the truth. He said, they're getting you excited about something that's not true. You always and ought to be excited about the truth. And that's why he says, not only when I'm present. In other words, when I went to you, churches in Galatia, when I went to you, nobody was going to you with this message of the gospel. And he says, and I remember when you first heard the gospel and you asked Jesus to be your savior and forgive you of your sins. And you were excited. And you were like, Paul, when are we going to have another Bible study this week? Hey, hey, Paul, are you going to come to my house? Or are we going to go meet at somebody else's house? What are we, what are we going to do? We, we have a thirst for it. He said, you were excited. You were zealous. You were courting the gospel. And it was, it was leading you to something good. It's good to have that excitement. Listen, I pray to God that I never lose the excitement of the gospel. I pray that we as a church never lose what it means to see a life transformed, a life coming to Christ. The Bible says, that Jesus himself said, all of heaven goes crazy when one person gets saved. I mean, there's a party. There's a celebration. I hope we never get over that. That's what the gospel can do. That's why Paul said, it's, it's good to be excited about what the gospel can do. You know what? You, you can't get that excited about religion. I don't know if you've ever met some heavily religious people, but they're never happy. They always feel guilty. They ain't good enough. They're kind of going through the motions. They're frustrated. They're tired. (laughs) Because that's what religion does. That's why Paul said, don't pursue that. It's a selfish pursuit. But in verse 19, he gives a selfless pursuit. He wants to contrast this major difference of pursuits. One is selfish, leads you to the law and religion. The other one is selfless. And it leads you to Christ and grace. And there's a major difference between those two. There's a major difference in what it can bring to you. There's a major difference in pursuing those things. Notice a selfless pursuit will influence others through your sacrifice. You see, Paul went to the churches of Galatia and to these Galatian people when the Judaizers would not. When they say, ah, no Gentiles, Paul was saying, hey, God called me to you guys, the Gentiles. I went to you. And I love the way he says this in verse 19. He says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again till Christ be formed in you. Paul literally describes, hey, the work I put in to get the gospel to you, it was like labor pains. It was something that cost me. It hurt. These Judaizers, they're coming. They didn't invest time in you. They wanted nothing to do with you. They didn't sacrifice anything for you. Paul's not bragging on himself. He's just simply saying, don't you see that my pursuit of the gospel took me to a place in my life where I was willing to sacrifice everything for you. You know when the gospel transforms us? You know when it's really working in our lives? When it takes us to the point where we're willing to sacrifice everything for the gospel? Sacrificing recognition. Sacrificing position. Sacrificing material possessions. Sacrificing where we could be in our career. For something greater. That's when you know. The gospel. The gospel's affected that person. Paul said. You guys had that. When I was with you. You had that. What happened? He said. You began to pursue the wrong thing. You began to pursue. A selfish pursuit. One that glorifies you and has you as the center of it. And that's what religion will do. And he said, this is why you need grace in your life. This is why the gospel is so important. Because it takes you to a selfless pursuit in your life. It takes you to a place where you sacrifice everything for the gospel. Can I say this morning, I'm so thankful that today it's the same. There's people in the back right now watching my son's. And one watching in the nursery, my daughter. They're sacrificing for the gospel. We don't pay them a dime to do that. I wish I could. I wish I had money. I don't. But they sacrifice of themselves to do that. I love the fact that we have people that come on work days and they'll cut the yard and they'll help take trees out and they'll plant different... Flowers and and they try to beautify this 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 place. We don't pay all those men to come on a Saturday; they sacrifice. Why? For the gospel. Thank God for those that come and and say, "Hey, I don't have the greatest voice, perhaps, but the voice that God's given me, it's, it's at least somewhat on tune, and and I'm going to sing and use my voice to praise and worship my God." Listen, we don't pay our worship team. I wish we could. Maybe one day we will. But until then, they're just going to have to sacrifice for the gospel. I thank, I thank God that they do. You say, what does that reflect, Pastor? A pursuit in their life. The selfless. That like Paul says, of whom I travail in birth again. Why? So that Christ may be formed in you. A selfless pursuit will lead you to sacrifice, sacrifice everything. In Colossians chapter 2, he told the Christians there in Colossae the same thing. I got this from the New Living Translation there in your notes. He said, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you. And for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you see how the the pursuit of the gospel for Paul was all about Christ? It was all about others. He said, don't you see the religious leaders is all about them? They zealously courting you for what? For bad intentions so that they can be glorified. So you can say, what a great teacher. He's amazing. Nobody's closer to God than him. Nobody knows the Bible like him. It's all the focus of one. Nobody does God's will like me. I might be the only one in heaven with a crown as good as I am at least the only one worthy of one Paul says a selfless pursuit it's all about Christ then i want you to notice a selfless pursuit is also influencing for the character of Christ the character of Christ Paul says it as clearly as he can i travail As a woman in birth, why? That Christ can be formed in you. That you might have his character, his mind. You might have his life living through you. It's not that we can attain some sort of status of holiness that no one else has reached. No, Paul said, that's not it. That's not it. It's that Christ who lives in you can live through you. And the only way that happens is if the gospel is transforming you. Thank you, Siri. She found that to be true. Christ character. Can I say that today we must not lose sight of our pursuit of others and ourselves to be more Christ-like. We ought not to lose sight of that. Someone living with a selfless pursuit is always looking to see the character of Christ formed in them and in others. Makes what their life is all about. That's what the sacrifice is for. That's why they don't care if they get recognized or not. That's why they don't care if they get paid or not. That's why they don't care if they lose everything or not. If you look through church history, guys, we are so blessed. Our Christianity has cost us very little. For many years, and I'm talking about probably two or three centuries, the second most read book in the world was a book called Pilgrim's Progress. A guy by the name of John Bunyan, he was a Baptist preacher, wrote that book. If you study his life, you'll find that for 16 years he was in prison because the state of England said, you can't preach this way. You need to get a license so we can approve what you preach. And he says, listen, he did what the Apostle Paul said. Hey, the the state of England and the king of England didn't call me to preach. God did. So whether you want to give me a license or not, I'm preaching what the word of God says, not what you tell me to say. For 16 years, he was in prison because of that. His family used to go and visit him. I believe he had four or five children. He had a wife that was living by herself. He didn't have anything of, you know, government assistance helping them. I'd imagine that in the prison there, many times and many nights, he thought, I need to get out of here. I wonder what's going on with my wife and my kids. Why do that? For the gospel. What an amazing wife, by the way. You'll read the story, and she would come to the prison and say, John, just stay faithful. John, just stick with God. John, God's going to take care of us. The kids are fine. You just stay, stay right with God. I tell you, I went through a really rough season recently. The book, Pilgrim's Progress, I read it. It's probably like my fifth or sixth time reading it. But it moved me. It encouraged me. You could feel the power of God in that book. Why? Because it's inspired? No, no. But the man who wrote it knew a little bit about what the gospel is all about. He knew the gospel life. He knew the selfless pursuit of life. And he sacrificed. And he wanted to see the character of Christ in others. So we come to the last point we'll be done and that is a self-examination this is where the rubber meets the road well it's always easier to judge what we see in others it can be infinitely more difficult to see it in ourselves that's why we have to ask ourselves this morning because paul got to the point where he says i'm standing in doubt in other words i don't even know if you guys are saved At least from what you're pursuing and what you're displaying, man, you're making me have a lot of doubts. In verse 20. He said, because of what you're pursuing in life. So here's the question this morning, number one. We gotta ask ourselves, am I pursuing his image? Does that matter to us? Because we can really easily lose track of what the Christian life's all about. We forget that it's his image that we're to be producing. Not a better image of ourselves. Right? Religion's all about, hey, I got I gotta look a certain way and my image, my image. Oh, but the gospel's all about the image of Christ. Does that matter to you? I have to ask myself, does it matter to me? Because if we say, yeah, pastor, it matters, then I would ask, well, how much time did you spend working on that image, thinking about the image of Christ and what that means? Because most of the time, life becomes just a routine, and reading the Bible just becomes a routine, and prayer can just become a routine, and suddenly we find ourselves in a religious life not pursuing anything. Whether we have Christ's character or not really means very little. Whether we're seeing Christ formed in others in our church means very little. And a church that loses that, and I'm talking about people that have had the gospel transform their life, when they lose that, you know what happens in that church? It gets very difficult to find teachers to teach because nobody wants to sacrifice. And we say, oh, but they're just second graders. Yeah, you know, a second grader can still reflect the image of Christ. I've got a third grader now. I've seen it. I wonder where those that are pursuing that will be five years from now. The second question we've got to ask ourselves is, am I pursuing his glory or mine? When we start living and worrying about our image, it ultimately points to where we want the glory to be. The pursuit begins to be my glory, my reputation. What, what are people saying about me? Instead of just being focused on, it's God's glory. Yeah, but they say this about you and this happened. It's okay. God allowed it. And if at the end of all of this, God gets greater glory then that's okay. Paul, three times, three different times, Paul asked, God, would you cure me of this physical ailment I have? And three times, God said no. And on the final time, he said, I don't want to hear it from you again. Understand that my grace is sufficient for thee. Because my glory is made great in your weakness. And Paul said, if in my weakness, God gets more glory, then so be it. Let me just keep battling this physical ailment. Can I just say this morning? I don't know. You may face a physical ailment. I may face one. I hope our attitude would be, listen, not bitter. Why did God let this happen to me? No, but rather, God, you let this happen to me how can I glorify you? There's a time in the disciples' life when they went and saw a blind man. They asked Jesus. It's in John chapter 8, I believe. Asked Jesus, so who sinned, him or his parents? Jesus said neither. He said, but that physical ailment has been given to him so that he might glorify God. And then he spits, creates mud, puts mud in the guy's eyes, says, go to the well there of Siloam and wash up. And the guy obeyed, and by faith believed. And that blind man could suddenly see what he never had seen before. That's what the gospel does. We have a selfless pursuit in life. That's what Paul was just trying to get them to understand. Just understand this. Religion can never give you that. Never. But the grace of God can. The message of the gospel can. It'll it'll drive you to sacrifice all you have to do. All you have to give. I'm telling you, it'll drive you to wait and see Christ formed in you and in others. I finished with this story that I heard of a lady who was overweight and looking, of course, to lose some of that weight. So she de- decided to go to a gym and, and get a trainer to, to kind of help her out. And so she got to the gym and requested a trainer and signed up. And the first day the trainer uh, was uh, with her, he, he said, OK, we've got to weigh you in, see where you're at. And so he weighed her in and then he took her in front of a mirror. And, uh, and while she was standing there in the mirror, he began to draw a shape in the mirror. And the shape was considerably slimmer than where she was at currently. And he, uh, he turned, the trainer turned and looked at her and he said, now in the next 10 weeks, it's going to be our goal to see that you fit right in there. And he went, she went one week and dieted and And was working out and working hard and she came back to the mirror and she wasn't there. And She went the second week and went home and dieted and worked out and did all she she could. And she came in front of that mirror and didn't fit into shape. And she did this week after week after week until week number 10. That last time in week number 10, she went in front of that mirror. And suddenly her image was conformed to the image that was drawn out for her. And can I say a selfless pursuit in life leads you to get conformed into the image of Christ that he's laid out before us. We may not get there right now, this week or next week or next month or next year. But we ought to be pursuing it. The gospel leads us to pursue it. I just want to remind you of what Paul said to the church of Galatia. Don't have a selfish pursuit have a selfless pursuit in life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your truth. and Thank you, Father, that by your grace, there is something that we are pursuing far greater than ourselves, far greater than what we could do in and of ourselves. And Father, I pray that we never allow in our mind the idea in the pursuit that is so selfish of our own glory and the intentions of doing perhaps even things that are good and okay, but seeking from there to find your favor. Help us to realize, Father, that it's only by your grace that we can do what we do. As the Apostle Paul once said, it's only by the grace your grace, that we are what we are. So I pray that this morning as we dwell upon this truth of pursuits in life, of which there are many, I pray that we would have a selfless pursuit, that the gospel would lead us to sacrifice all things for you, that the gospel would lead us, Father, to move forward until until Christ be formed in us, until Christ be formed in others. Examine our hearts. As the psalmist once said, search me, O God, and know my heart, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. May that be our prayer today. And may we have the right pursuit in our life. Be with us and help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening so well. And I'm going to ask if you would let's go ahead and stand as we jump into our our last song, Cornerstone. And as we uh, sing this song, I'm going to ask for those that will be. Uh, getting baptized this morning if you want to go ahead and make your way uh, men to this side and ladies to uh, my left which is your right if you want to go ahead and make your way in there and get prepared and get ready and uh, as we celebrate our uh, our baptisms this morning of those taking that step of obedience Uh, so while we get ready and do that let's sing this uh, wonderful amazing song cornerstone uh, Christ who is our cornerstone let's sing about that this morning
3: let Christ alone, cornerstone, weak, made strong in the same love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all.
0: Amen. You may be seated. And we give a chance then to Pastor Jeremy uh, to be able to lead us in the baptisms.
2: All right, well, this morning it is a wonderful blessing to be able to uh, celebrate uh, with those that are taking uh, the decision or making the decision, I guess I should say. Of being baptized today and uh, and let me just remind everyone that baptism does not give us salvation. The grace of God gives us salvation, but what baptism does is it identifies us publicly uh with christ it it lets others know that we 've made that decision it 's the external uh i guess evidence of an inward decision, and uh, the best way to describe it is uh what what a wedding ring does, right a wedding ring doesn 't make us married if you have a ring on on this finger there on your left hand, uh, but if you 've been married, you wear one because it lets others know i 'm married and that 's what baptism is it's a it 's a step of obedience and it 's also what identifies us publicly with christ and so this morning we want to celebrate with those that are making this decision and uh, and uh, following Christ in baptism. The first one we want to um, to Baptized this morning is Layla Mendoza. She is uh, one of our uh, teenagers, and uh, this morning she is uh, making all right, this first uh, step of obedience in baptism, and we're so excited. I know her parents are excited, her grandparents are excited. We're all excited to uh, to see this decision that she's making, and, uh, and so I'll ask you, Layla, have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Yes. Alright, well based on that testimony then, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Also, we're celebrating today with Jacob Mendoza, who is Layla's cousin, and uh, also taking this step of uh, obedience and uh, of following Christ. Uh, making it public that way. So, Jacob, have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Yeah. All right, based on that testimony then, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. All right, uh, second this morning to uh, to make this decision and go through is uh, Isaac Kovos Isaac Uh, Also is uh, one of our teenagers in our youth program and uh, a young man that I I know has uh, been a blessing and is a blessing, and uh, this morning making uh, this public profession for Christ. So, uh, Isaac, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? All right, based on that testimony then, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And we have one more young person uh, that is uh, taking this or uh, making this decision of baptism, and that is uh, Ron Ramirez. And uh, Ron uh, has been in our church, I think, ever since he was really, really young, uh, been part of our youth group. And uh, this year, uh, as he was at camp, one of the speakers was challenging uh, the, the teens that have not made that decision of baptism to get baptized. And Ron said, You know, Pastor, I haven't done that. I want to do that. And uh, here he is this morning, uh, taking that step of obedience. So, Ron, have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Yes. Based on that testimony, then, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. That is a big word. The Lord. Amen. Well, we celebrate with them. I hope you'll if you uh, if you see uh, their mom or dad be sure to celebrate with them this great momentous decision of uh, of identifying with Christ publicly through baptism. I'm going to ask Brother John if you would maybe lead us in a few songs as we get ready and uh, and that way we can all welcome uh, those that got baptized this morning. Let's stand
0: up one more time, and we're going to sing this song. We sang it earlier in the service, but Completing Thee that's a beautiful message, and I think it just reminds us that we see these baptisms, and we see that step of obedience. You know, I don't know where you're at in your Christian walk or where you're at in your faith, but would encourage you that this song reminds us of the fact that as we grow in Christ, we grow in completeness. As we grow in Him, it begins with a step of salvation, followed through with the step of obedience and baptism. But then it's a life of growth in allowing Him to be more and more a part of our life and to have uh, our completeness in Him. And so let's worship together singing sing this song, Complete in Thee.
3: Complete in Thee. No work of mine could take, dear Lord, the place of thine. Thy blood hath in God for me, and I shall stand complete in Yea, justified. Sin. thy grace hath come, good reign within, thy blood shall bid the tempter flee, and I shall stand
0: May be seated, and uh, as we are waiting for them to kind of join in, yeah, I think we're good now. Uh, As they're waiting uh, to go in, I think this several of our students have gone back to school, several of our uh, members are working uh, teaching, working the school district, and I I think it's a great time to be able to pray and ask for God's protection and God's blessing. You know, coming at the heels of last year, uh, even uh, within just the mindset of everybody thinking about the need to to pray for protection over our schools and over our teachers or students is great and so I'd like to just take a few moments here to lift up our students lift up the schools I know there's all kinds of schools high school middle schools elementary schools represented among our church both in this service and in the first service and uh, and so I want to just take a few seconds here to pray and to lift up uh, God's hedge of protection across every one of the campuses uh, represented every family every uh, student represented here and asking for God to just watch over us and then we'll give the time over to Pastor Jeremy as we welcome uh, the new members that, uh, that were baptized uh, this morning. But let's pray and ask for God's blessing on the students. Father, we thank you, Lord. I know that here among our, amongst our congregation, there are dozens and dozens of students represented, Lord. And we thank you for each and every one of them. And as they head back to school or have, have headed back to school, I pray, Lord, that you would just watch over them, guard them, Father, and keep them, first of all, physically safe. Um, every day of school and the buses and all the things going back and forth transportation parents taking them back and forth I pray Lord that you would guard them and that we would be able to give testimony to your protection across every uh, student and every family but especially this morning we pray for the families of Bethany Baptist Church we pray Lord that you would just watch over them and be with them and pray for the teachers represented here Father many many that work in school district teaching or another job uh, Lord related uh, uh, things Father I pray Lord that you would be with them as this school year is underway now i pray the lord that you would just help them to be a light lord many of them uh, wanting to be a witness for you in the areas that you have called them to both in Uh, in in the secular uh, school district, in the private school district. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just watch over them and help them to be a good influence and to be somebody to their coworkers that shines the light of the gospel wherever they're at. We pray for administrators and teachers. Lord, you give them patience and grace as they go about the work of educating this next generation. I pray, Lord, that you would just be with them and guard them and watch over them and, and may your spirit lead them and allow them to be difference makers where you have them during this school year. And so father we pray lord uh, uh, for all of our all of our families all of the church families represented uh, both this service and the previous service and i pray lord that you would just continue to guard us and to guide us lord we pray lord that uh, you would help our Uh, board members, school district board members, Lord, to just be able to implement policies and truths, Lord, that will be able to help these kids to be able to see that there's a God who loves them, who cares about them, and will guide them uh, towards a purposeful life. And so I pray all these things in your name. Amen and amen. Give the time over to Pastor Jeremy.
2: All right, well, what an exciting uh, Sunday it has been. Uh, I know we're getting out a little bit later than we usually get out, uh, but you know what? Some things are just worth uh, worth it, right? And, uh, and I hope that this service has been worth it to you. Uh, I hope that you get excited, seeing our teens getting baptized. Uh, just it's, it's evidence that God is working, uh, working in the lives of our teenagers. And, uh, and um, I'm excited to see what God's going to do uh, with their lives and through them and in them. And uh, it, it's just something that excites me. I hope it excites you. And as they finish getting ready, as soon as they're, they're ready, we'll, we'll, of course, um, uh, be able to have them go to the lobby, and that way we can congratulate them and celebrate with them in, uh, in this of the baptism. But while they're getting ready and doing that, I just want to quickly uh, remind you about our connection groups. Uh, next Sunday, September 4th, we start a whole new cycle. Uh, and so the classes, uh, some of them are the same, some are new. So I just want to uh, let you know, maybe if you were in... Pastor Noez uh, class, he has a class for fathers 50 years old and younger. Uh, It's only dads in that class. That's going to continue. Miss Annette Mendoza has one for moms, same thing, 50 and younger. That class is going to continue. So if you are in that small group or that connection group uh, this semester, you might want to go ahead and stay there if you'd like. Uh, Also though, we have Uh, a new class in Hermano Quintanillas, uh, where he's going to be talking about the tabernacle. If you've never done a study on the tabernacle, it's amazing. It's awesome. So I want to encourage you, if that's something that would interest you, sign up for that class. I know you would enjoy it. And then uh, we have a new class, brand new, that we are titling The Chosen. Now, I'm very curious, how many have watched the show The Chosen? All right. Quite a few of us. Great. Okay. If you've never seen the show, that's going to be what the uh, the small group is about. So basically it's about the life of Christ. We're going to use the show of the chosen to kind of give us a springboard and uh, and start up the discussions of what the gospels teach. And uh, And hopefully I know it will be something that will will encourage you, but also something that will grow us in our knowledge of of the ministry of Christ that he had while he was here on earth. So that is a new class that we have. Uh, Another class that we have is Defending Our Faith, the Roadmap to Truth. Brother Josiah is uh, teaching that class, going to be an awesome class. Uh, Peter said this, give always Be always ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. And so this class is all about that. Uh, How do we answer questions from people at work, people at school, that are tough questions, you know, like if God is so good, then why do children die sometimes? Or why does disease hit people that seem to be innocent? Or why does cancer exist? How do you answer that? Well, in that class, that's what you want uh, to learn. So if defending your faith or answering for your faith is something that you, uh, you want to learn about and do, uh, that is what that class is for. So you can do that. And then, of course, a new members class. For the English, we're actually going to be starting one in October, all right and it'll actually be on Sunday mornings uh, for those that want to become members. If you want to become a member, the class is the only way to do that. okay so uh, you need to be uh, signing up for that class and in October uh, you can take that class. it's a four week class that, that lets you know who we are as a church and, uh, and then also uh, what we are as Baptists. So just want to let you know about those things. Once again, it's great to be in the house. Looks like everybody's ready. So I'm going to ask if you would stand with me and uh, and the three young men and Miss Layla that got baptized, if you would make your way over to uh, the lobby and uh, that way we can uh, congratulate you, celebrate with you. If you see that they have blue shirts, it's uh, I, I want to thank uh, Brother Adis and Vanessa. They designed those for us, especially for uh, bap- uh, baptism. And they say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And by the way, that's what baptism declares. I have decided to follow Jesus. And uh, so uh, be sure to celebrate with them. Also, we want to welcome uh, to our membership, uh, Brother Larry and Lydia Espinosa. They just went through the members class and uh, they, uh, they've already been saved and baptized. And they're just applying for membership uh, of our church. And having gone through the new members class, they have now become new members. I'm going to ask Larry and Lydia if y'all would. Let's go ahead and congratulate them. Make your way to the lobby. And that way on our way out, you can welcome them to our church. Give them a handshake. Give them a hug. And, um, and if you want, give them a coffee. All right. The coffee shop, I think, is still open if you need one. Just to give you a second kick for the afternoon, uh, go by there and uh, you can get one to go. Let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll be dismissed this morning. Father, thank you so much once again for meeting with us. Thank you for your word that is truth, but also thank you for the decisions that were made to obey in this area of baptism. I thank you for each one of those young people, for Ron and Isaac and Jacob and for Layla. Uh, Father, taking that step of obedience and and, uh, publicly professing, uh, not only their love for Christ, but their faith in Christ. And so I pray that you would be with them now as they continue on their journey of the Christian life. I pray that your word would mold them that as we learned this morning, Christ would be formed in them. And then Father, I pray that as we go throughout this week, that you'd give us a good week, fill us with your spirit, and, uh, and may we uh, be a light uh, in our community. For your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed. God bless you.